Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. How's everybody doing today? Welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Vern. And so God's been smacking me in the back of the head as usual, so I get to come smack you. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. It's good to see everybody. It's always good to be at church. It's always good. Um... So part of my chronicles was, this ought to be an okay sermon because I went through a lot of stuff in the last three days to uh, make sure it was. Um, let me pray real quick. Heavenly Father God, I praise you and thank you today. We glory in your presence in our lives every day. Continue to teach us, Lord, that it is primary to us to be connected to you. So that you can give us wisdom and understanding and that our joy can be complete, Lord. I praise you today. I pray that your word will fall, that your spirit will uh, strengthen and give understanding, Lord God. To them that have ears, let them hear. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm already sweating, so that'll be pretty good. There was a preacher, he was all revved up, preaching fire and brimstone, and he was saying, yeah, and we're going to take all the, all the beer, and we're going to throw it down in the river, and then we're going to get all the alcohol and all this stuff, and we're going to go throw it all in the river. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, now as we close the service, the, uh, the worship leader gets up and says, and now we're going to sing that great spiritual, shall we gather at the river? Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't go chasing your sins, right? Um, I'm going to be speaking from uh, John 15. Um, it's very appropriate that we've done communion. Um, John 15 is, uh, uh, just to give you a little bit of a setting, is where Jesus has already done the Passover. They've already sent Judas off to do his thing. So we think Jesus has already washed the disciples' feet and edified them, and now uh, they're probably walking towards Gethsemane. It's time for him to start teaching them some deeper truths, some lessons that they've finally matured. And we're going to be talking, but could you put the John 15 up there for me, Mike? Um, just to give you guys a little background, so I'm working on my sermon. I've got it in PowerPoint on my iPad, and I'm filling in things, and I'm doing stuff. And everybody knows my wife gets off work about midnight, so I go pick her up, and I get back home, and my iPad locked me out. 
And I'm going, it's only six numbers. I know these numbers. Why are you locking me out? I have a thumbprint. Why are you locking me out? Consequently, I also hadn't saved my presentation. So, all right, Lord, thank you. Um, But I'm undaunted because the sermon that I'm preaching on is about abiding in the Lord. So I've had to abide in the Lord this week to make sure I had a coherent message. And so John 15 says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch that has withered. And they gather them up and throw them in the fire. And they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you... You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that your joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Amen. God bless the reading of the word. Um, Last Sunday, Pastor had these cards, and it talks about talking to Jesus. And it really got me on this track, because if you're abiding in the Lord, you're talking about these things. Tell him what made you smile today. Tell him what about your goals. Tell them about your favorite things. Tell them about your secrets. Tell them that you're confused. Tell them that you're anxious. Tell them that you're trusting in him. Tell him that you're grateful. Tell him what you love about his direction. Tell him how he has blessed you. Jesus' first words are the words that God gave to Moses when Moses asked him who he is. You got to understand, Jesus is declaring his full deity. I am the true vine. Okay? We have to understand that in uh, what Isaiah 5, God talked about the vine of Israel. He talked about building a hedge around it, cultivating it, doing all the things. And, and he said, but it gave out wild grapes. Talking about Israel. Jesus has replaced that vine. And he is the true vine. Interesting fun facts about grapevines. Grapes take about three years. The vines take about three years before they fully mature and start delivering the best fruit. Three years. How long was Christ with the disciples? Three years. Grapes 
done the right way are very tedious. You want to put up that one picture, uh, Mike? So that's an untended grapevine right there. That's what some of our lives look like. You know what I'm saying? Grapevines live about 30 years. Okay? A, a grapevine can grow out to about 50 feet and yield roughly about 40 bunches of grapes. Remember how there were a bunch of grapes right here? You notice they're gone? Grapes don't, it's like an apple, I could pick an apple six months ago. And if you got it in the right temperature in the right way, and they put wax all over them, but they last a year in storage, if you do it right. Grape, a grape has to be picked at the height of its sweetness. And they're picked at night, because during the day, they're still brewing all that sugar. They're still getting right. But at night, they kind of go in this bit of a dormancy and the sugar is just at its perfect place so it doesn't get ruined. I was a cereal fruit stealer when I was a kid. I love fresh fruit. Fresh fruit is one of my favorite things. And grapes were my jam and pears. So when I was a kid, we had, I lived in Southwest, so we had a lot of fruit trees all over the place. And people didn't have a lot of fences in the 70s, right? You know, you knew all your neighbors, you wandered around, leave your door open, all that good stuff. But uh, one time I ate so many grapes, I got sick. You know, I got sick right there at the grapevine. I ate so many grapes. My parents hated that. We'd go pick strawberries, and I was the youngest. They hated I ate everything. I wasn't putting nothing in that basket. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get my grub on. I hated picking beans. So, also, we had an apple tree at my church big apple tree, and the apples that came off that tree when I was a kid were like this big. I mean, you could almost make a whole pie out of one apple. 20 years later, guess how big the apples on that tree were? About that big, tasteless, terrible, because that tree had never been pruned. Never been pruned. Another funny thing about grapes, vines is they're going to cut off 90% of last year's growth. Show that other picture, Mike. 90% of the growth from the previous year gets pruned off. What does that say to you? But it's so the fruit can become more abundant. Because what happens is that dead stuff still takes up energy and nutrients. It just doesn't produce anything. you got to get the dead stuff. God clips the stuff off of us so we can just become more fruitful. And the vine dresser is meticulous. You understand? Because grapes need 8 to 12 hours of direct sunlight every day because they're full of sugar. And they're so wonderful to eat. <laughs> so it, Jesus, we figure he was 30 years old when he started his ministry. He knew he was coming to the end of this life. So he gave three years to his disciples. See, what I love about abiding in Christ, these scriptures that I've read over and over and over over the years... All of a sudden, he's like, hey, Vern, guess what? You're mature enough to get this. 
And that's what he said to his disciples, right? He finally told them what his plan was, right? He told them, you are now my friends. You know, just like when God spoke face to face with Moses, as a man does his friend. That's the kind of relationship Jesus Christ is trying to cultivate in you. Because you have to be attached to the true vine. You know what happens if you take an American grapevine plant and take it over to Europe? It'll probably die. Because it's not the true vine for that soil. Different soils have different properties and things. So they can be get parasites. And they can get sick. You know how you, what you do to make that not happen? You graft in to the true vine. They won't put that grape in the soil. They'll graft it in to a vine that already has the immunity against such diseases. And they thrive because they're connected to the vine. Are you connected to Jesus today? Is it real to you? Are you reading the word? Are you filling yourself up with the word? Because I'm telling you, life is hard. Okay? And we have so many distractions. So many things that consume our energy so our fruit doesn't get so large that we can't stand. We have to have, hey, come get some of this fruit off of me. You understand what I'm saying to you today, church? I found myself so tired. From what? Not abiding in the Lord. Because he helps my mentals. You know what I'm saying? Because we get stressed out. We get worried. The time with the Lord is the time for reflection and refreshing. Because I want my fruit and it... Stay on track. I'm already off track. Um, <laughs> uh, give me another slide there, uh, Mike. The one, not that one. Next one. Okay. Um, you guys can kind of marinate on this while I'm talking. Okay. But this kind of shows the whole thing in, in our spiritual life. God is so good when he prunes us. There are times of pruning in our life, and a lot of times if we're not seeing it through spiritual eyes, we don't understand what it is. I was telling the guys in in group this morning that I think my first time of pruning was when uh, I blew my knee out in my 30s. Um, Loved playing basketball. I was working with the sheriff's office, and my whole Life. I mean, I love playing basketball, love watching basketball, love talking about basketball, you know, and it was just consuming. And blew my knee out, and I was working, and I had to sit in a cubicle about this big. And guess what happened to me in that cubicle? I began to abide in Christ. He set me down, and I'm listening to the word every night. I'm reading the word every night. And it changed me. All of a sudden I felt, boom, something got pruned off of me. 
Because God is saying, I want more of you. This is not healthy for you. You know, I want more of you. Now, 28 years later, I don't care much about that. I don't. I haven't watched an entire basketball game in years. Don't have the energy for it. I don't mind watching if it's really good, but if it's not really good, I'm not wasting my time on mediocrity. I don't want to watch something do something mediocre. It's wasting my time. God has shown me I have value in my time because he's taking time to cultivate me. He's taking time to prune the dead wood off of me so my fruit can become worth having. If you sit back and you close your eyes and you think about all the things that touch your life every day, what's important and what's not? How can you decipher that? How can you decipher that? You can do nothing without the wisdom that comes from God. Because we all need to bear fruit or we will get cut off, right? And thrown in the fire. This is a word about salvation. Because there are proofs of salvation. I can't know that you're abiding. God knows. I can only know you're abiding by fruit that comes off of your tree. You know, when somebody comes by and plucks off a a grape of patience, of kindness, of understanding, gentleness. My wife's been having a tough time lately. She's been really sick and just off and on, and it's just so concerning. And and she one day she said, honey, I I just don't want you to have to worry about me. I said, I always worry about you. I always think about you. You're always at the top of my mind because, guess what? I love you, and I'm committed to you, okay? And there's many of you out there that I love and am committed to. God says he loves us. You can believe that. If you, if you don't believe this word is the word of God, if you decided that this may be irrelevant for today, Complete foolishness. Wisdom comes from the Lord. And he, and he talks to us about our lives get so busy and so harried and so overwhelmed that we can't see Jesus. Pastor would know there's times ministers have no joy. Because it's a job. Thank God it's not a job for me to come up here and speak. I relish the opportunity. Because I see people I love and who love me. And they love me because we are in the Lord together. We are abiding together in the Lord. You know, all that other stuff. Our world doesn't have to be so big that we miss out on what's right in front of us. Getting so concerned about things that we have no ability to touch. What we have the ability to touch is the people that we encounter every single day in this life. And our job is to abide in the Lord so he can tell us how to be an effective witness for the glory of the Lord. Most of us are pursuing happiness, not joy. 
I tell you what, a 20-year-old kid missing a shot at the end of a game can kill my happiness. Or I can send it through the roof. Right? You can wake up. I woke up in the morning on Saturday. It's my day off. But I need to sell a couple more cars. So I'm going to go in there. I'm feeling good. I'm looking good. And I'm doing my thing. And as soon as I get there, hey, Vern, we need some help. We need you to help this customer. She's had a really bad experience. and had a, we, just need to, we just need to make this right. We need you to do that. No, I Great, great. And it all worked out for her. Well, they say no good deed goes unpunished. But I saw Jesus because, see, they see my fruit of patience and gentleness. So when it came time, they said, hey, that guy. He can do this. You understand what I'm saying? When Jesus, when James says, I'll show you by my faith, by my works, what he's saying is, if you are attached to Jesus Christ, it is absolutely impossible for you not to bear fruit. It's impossible. And if you are not bearing fruit, check yourself. If you don't have a desire a growing desire for the Lord every single day. If you don't know, want to get to know the living Jesus Christ that can help you, I have empirical evidence. I think last time I spoke, I told you, empirical evidence is the evidence you can see. It's proof. It doesn't say, oh, a thousand scientists said yay, or whatever. I know. The disciples knew. Jesus is telling him this stuff, telling him what's going to happen, telling him I'm going to bring you somebody that's going to assist you when I'm gone. Where are you going? And all the way up until the time he's in the garden, Peter still don't get it. Wow, I'm Peter. Head's thick as concrete. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, Lord, what are you talking about, man? You ain't going nowhere. We're going to conquer the world. Get behind me, Satan. Oh, Lord, even if all these cats run away from you, I'm not. I'm going to be right here. Matter of fact, I'm going to slice this dude's ear off just to show you. I'm ready. I'm down with the program. Let's do this. You know, he's ready to rumble, right? Terrible swordsman, though. How you just cut off the ear? I don't understand. (laughs) Jesus probably just saved his life. Like, look, dude, it's not time for you to die right now because you can't fight with a sword. (laughs) But, uh, and then exactly what Jesus said would happen, happened. And he was surprised. Dang it. <laughs> Bible's funny if you give it a chance. Because <laughs> I can see my absurdity in the Bible. Like, like, oh, wow. I'm stupid like that sometimes. <laughs> but God is so good. Say, God is good. All the time. Because when Jesus comes back, they say, man, I think that's Jesus over there on the shore. And Peter's like, what? Boom! In the water. He's getting there. Usually when we're ashamed and we feel like we've wronged somebody, what happens? 
We hide from them. But Peter saw the redemption. He saw the Lord and he knew the love of the Lord because he abided with the Lord for three years. Even though in his emotions he ran away and hid. In his emotions he was scared. In his emotions he didn't want to, because he didn't understand what Jesus was saying was really, really true. So don't feel bad when you go through all these various things going on in life. Because you just have to get to the maturity level in Christ that you believe what he's saying every day, all the time, no matter what. That's what's going on. And we keep grinding forward in this life in Christ. Because the war doesn't come here. I don't want to live my best life now. That's a fantasy. My best life is being a disciple of Jesus Christ. You know, I feel good when somebody plucks a piece of fruit off of me and their life changes. Because I know the Lord's working through me. And what a privilege. Me? You know? An unwanted child of a drug-addicted mother? You know, me? A sinful, sinful, sinful man. Me? Gets to stand up here and represent the Lord Jesus Christ to you? God is good to me. And you're all miracles in here. And you've got to attach yourself to that. Because since the day you were born, the devil has been trying to keep you out of this place. You understand me? He's been trying to keep you out of church. I feel sorry for people that don't go to church. I honestly do. Because they don't understand. I am not alone. I am not alone. I told somebody one day I'd never be homeless. Because I got too many people that love me. You know? Are you investing your fruit into other people? Are you caring about them? I don't want anybody to go to hell. You can't talk about it these days. And some people are only going to get it by watching you. Feel me? Your behavior is a ministry. And it's hard. I've had a bad two years. I had a bad two years. I've had it. Bad two years. I'm on the men. I'm on the comeback trail. But I'm telling you guys, just from the heart, from the inside, I've been struggling. COVID, all kinds of stuff. But you know what? God was just pruning me. You got some dead wood, brother, that's sucking your energy off over here instead of putting it into the fruit where it can grow. Remember when the Israelites went into the promised land? They came back and, man, the grapes are so big, it took three of us to carry the stock. You know what I'm saying? I've seen, it's just, a grapevine is marvelous. Right? Because you look at those trees that were all cut up, by the time they mature, you got grapes so heavy they can't get them off. Uh, So, this is a beautiful illustration, isn't it? It really is, because Jesus' first miracle concerned what? Wine. Wine had some great nutritional elements. It helps with heart disease. got plenty of antioxidants in it. But such a great representation of the meticulous concern that God has for each and every one of us. You understand me? Abide in Christ. 
And he talks about joy, that your joy may be full. Anybody got some joy today? What about peace? I was sitting at home one night, it's about 6.30, tired. I got a shot, a cortisone shot in my hip. Wow, pain relief. This was glorious. So I'm old Verndale. Woohoo, I'm going to do some walking. I'm at work running around like, whoop, yeah, it's all good. About two days later, because just because they faked out these nerves, couldn't fake out this nerve. Hey, bro, you're tired. You sit down. I went to bed at 6.30 on Saturday. I went to bed at 7.30 on Sunday. Because my mind is telling me something that my body is lying to me about. Abiding in Christ allows you to have discipline. The D word. It allows you to stay in reality. You know, God opens you up in his spirit so that you know what, when, and how to do. We have to spend more time with the Lord. We need to learn to abide individually. This this Sunday, Wednesday for some people, all this activity is supplemental to your personal relationship with the Lord. You understand? Pastor does not have the strength to be a Christian for you. You have to be a Christian for you. You have to be a disciple. He's assisting the vine dresser. You understand? We all grow to different levels of maturity. You understand? We all, as we abide in Christ, sometimes our minds are not ready to hear what the Lord is saying. Sometimes we're not ready to be cut. We don't want certain things to be cut out of our lives. And we try to hold on to it. And what happens is our fruit disappears. Because really, we want to try to keep all the fruit for ourselves. Right? Are you hearing me, church? Are you hearing me? Don't just listen to this word and let it be sour grapes. Okay? God touched my heart about this this week. He touched my heart, so I don't need no notes. I've ingested it, and I've abided in it because it's important. It's very, very important. Young people, I just pray for the youth today. I pray because the instruction is buried in so many things. So many things that are so distracting and untrue. Fight for the truth. Don't just chase after flights of fan. I'm in the car business. 
I see people do stuff every day that is mind-numbing. Absolutely mind-numbing. Because they're emotionally attached to something. Something. Girl was mad because her car broke down. I said, well, they're machines. They break. That's a reality. Nothing lasts forever except the Lord. Where are you putting your time and your energy and your efforts? We all work. That's fine. You can have a job. You can even have a hobby. But you just have to decide one day, is it too much? Are you doing too much? And do you have any joy? My joy is in changing a person's perception of a car salesman. Every day. That's what I do. That's what I do. I want them just befuddled and bewildered that, wow, this was an awesome experience. You know, that's my fruit. You know, that's my fruit. Showing kindness. But you have to see yourself as you truly are. You understand that? See yourself. God shows you who you truly are. God showed me that I was a terrible man. Terrible, awful, sinful. It's like, I don't like that dude. God, help me not be that dude. He did. He did. And then I get reinforcement from people that love me. Jill and Sharon, Mama, Pops, you know, Mike. I mean, they tell me. Grace always, and I still get a little embarrassed. Every t- You're a good man. It's just like, wow. That's high praise to me. High praise because that's what I want to be. You know, I've decided that I want to be the guy that I thought I was. You know what I'm saying? We can all do that. We can all do that. We can change to the point of where God takes such amazing care of us that even when we have a problem, it's not a problem. It's like, oh, well, well, thanks for pruning me, Lord. You know, thanks for getting that dead wood off of me so I can thrive. You know, we've been dragging around dead bodies and dead things and abuses and stuff. I was abused as a kid. You know, I had problems. But God said, don't worry, I got purpose for you. Every single, my problems make me appreciate people that have problems. Right? My recovery makes me appreciate people that are in recovery. You know what I'm saying? Because we're a little broken. You know, just a little broken. But we're not useless. We're broken. But we're not useless. God has purpose for each and every one of us. That doesn't mean you got to go join some big ministry or you got to go join some cause. It means you need to abide in the Lord so he can show you what your fruit is destined for. Whose table your fruit is going to land on to give them nutrition, to build them up so they can attach to the vine and they can begin to bear fruit. That whole thing that Jesus was saying to the disciples is, I'm telling you this so you can bear fruit and you can have joy. You're going to die. You're going to be killed. They're going to hate you. And they were happy to do it. Peter was like, crucify me upside down. Because I can't even, the Lord is, I can't die like my Lord. He's too good. I'm not worthy. I may not be worthy to stand up here, but hey, the Lord put me here, so 
deal with it. You know, uh, the next slide. This is the proof of your fruit. And it says, the fruit of the Spirit. Not a fruit. The fruit. So, what does that mean? All these things got to start being present in your life, not just one. You know? Let's just say I can sing with the voice of angels, but if I don't have love, I have nothing. You know? I can stand up here and preach the best sermon in the world. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It means something to me, because I can be, oh, look at me. Look at Jesus. Don't look at me. Look at Jesus. I know I'm sharp. <laughs> I got issues. I got a match. It drives me crazy. I'm so OCD. Look at him socks. Stop playing. <laughs> but hey, it's all right. I ain't hurt nobody. You know? And I'm not arrogant about it. I buy all my stuff on sale. Never pay retail. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus will help us. Jesus will help us. Jesus will help you. Give him a chance. Because life is so frustrating, so annoying. I mean, it just is without Jesus. Because when I got Jesus, I can sit back and go, somebody do something annoying. I'm like, ooh, man. I remember I used to do that. Man. Thank God I'm saved. And I'm going to pray for that person to get saved, too. You know, you don't have to be arrogant about it. Because I always remember. I always remember where I came from, you know, and I'm thankful to be a miracle. 